Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. This morning at the beginning, I'm going to give you a gift right now, and it's going to go like this. I want you to pretend that you're on a game show. I know some of you have always longed to be on a game show. This is your chance. I've heard this story before. I'm going to repeat it. Um, But I'm going to adapt it a bit. You're on this game show, and you've just won some significant prizes. You won all new appliances, a new car, and a trip to Hawaii. And you're so excited. But you have a chance to trade all of that for what's behind curtain one. (laughs) I'm not going to show you. You have to make the decision beforehand. And the announcer comes on and tells you a little bit about this this mystery prize. And he says that people throughout the world have died to own it. There are people in the world today who would give all they have to possess it. And there are those who have one who would rather die than be without it. So you have a choice. You can either take what you've won or what's behind curtain one. So you just take a chance. You give up your car. You give up your appliances. You give up your trip to Hawaii for what's behind curtain one. And the curtain goes up, and there on a stand is a black Bible. What's your reaction? That's the right answer. (laughs) But what's the real reaction in your gut? Would you go, uh, I already have 10 of those at home. Would you be a little disappointed maybe? Like, oh, we're going to meet a guy today. And this is what his reaction would be. He would go, what? I cannot believe it. I get the word of God. And this guy, he'd be running throughout the aisles. He'd be giving everybody high fives. And he would say, this is the greatest gift ever. I can't believe I get the Bible. That's the reaction I want. And I'm sure that's the reaction that you want as well, where we can value the word of God above the trips above the appliances, above the cars, that we really value it in our hearts. And that's where we're going to go this morning. In fact, what we're doing as we're kind of running toward the new year, we're going to launch into this this book I wrote called The 40-Day Scripture Memory Project, hidden within the 40-Day Scripture Memory Project. What's going to happen here is that I'm going to push you to memorize the Word of God. And trust me, it is so simple. I lay it out for you in such simple terms. And today, for the first time, this book will be available to you for a donation of any amount. All the, all the monies and royalties are going to this ministry for vulnerable children in Arkansas called The Call. 
And so you can, it'll be available out in the lobby. But if you don't have any money or cash on hand or you're just struggling financially right now, you can have one for free. We want everybody to be able to get a chance to memorize the Word of God. But here's my purpose this morning. You will not memorize the Word of God unless you value it. And my whole point today and next week and a couple Sundays in the new year is to get you to value the Word of God to a point where you go, I want to hide that in my heart. And the way to motivate us to value the Word is to look at someone who is passionate about the Word. And then what we're going to look at is a guy who wrote Psalm 119, the psalmist. If you want to go ahead and turn there to Psalm 119. Maybe you have studied this psalm before. I don't know if you know, we're not going to study the whole thing this morning. It is the longest psalm in the Psalter here. It is a strategic meditation and passionate meditation on the Word of God. And the structure is amazing. I'm not going to go into all of it, but, but just, just briefly, if you kind of look here, every section starts with the Hebrew alphabet. So you see the Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Daleth. And under each section are eight verses for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And I could really go on and preach a whole sermon just on the structure of this psalm. It's amazing the way it's written. But the point of it being in the Word of God is not to focus on the structure, but to focus on the passion for God's Word. Now I want you to understand, this is so important before we get into this. This guy is not a stuffy legalist. He's not saying, come on, memorize the word. Get in the word. Obey the word. If you don't, God's going to get you. I want to make sure when we're talking about the law, we're going to talk about it over and over and over again. But we're going to talk about the law in terms of a relationship. I want you to look at something. Look at verse 2. Let me show you some words here. Look at verse 2. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies. You can go ahead and underline and circle the word testimonies. Now look at verse 4. You have ordained your precepts. Underline, circle the word precepts. And then in verse 5, Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. Underline and circle the word statutes. These terms, testimonies, precepts, statutes, these terms, of course, are referring to the Word of God, but they denote a prior relationship. It is covenantal language or language based on established relationship. God did not give these laws to the Israelites so that they would obey them and then enter into relationship with Him. That is called a works religion. Do this, 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 and this. Maybe God will like you. Maybe he'll begin a relationship with you. No, 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 no. God gave the law to his people. Here's a question. Did God give his law to the people before or after he redeemed them? Think about it. After. He redeemed them out of Egypt. And after his redemption, then came the law. So the prior relationship starts in redemption and now they are to obey the law because they love him. They're in a prior relationship with him. The same goes for you. We do not say, obey the word of God, the Ten Commandments, follow each one, and, and then maybe God will, will accept you in heaven one day. No, redemption comes first. 
Jesus Christ was sent on the cross, burial, resurrection for sinners like me in you who can come into a relationship with God through faith. And through grace, by faith, we are safe. And then we want to obey the word of God because there is a prior relationship. Do you understand that? If you miss that, you're going to read all of this and think it's a bunch of legalisms and how-tos to get into heaven. And you're going to think, if I can be a good enough person, then I can get in. No, no. Relationship comes first, then obedience. Don't ever mix those up or you will have a works religion and you will be lost. Grace, faith, relationship first, then obedience to the Word of God. That's where we're at. Don't mess it up in your mind. Don't mess it up in your heart. And so with that prior relationship in mind, let's jump into Psalm 119 and start working our way through verse by verse. This is going to be great. Verse 1. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. The psalmist is pointing out that people who are walking in the favor of God, there is this blessedness, there is this happiness, there is this joy found in walking in the law of the Lord. You see, the Israelites were to view the Old Testament law, such as the Ten Commandments, not as restrictions to decrease their happiness, but as instructions to increase their happiness. I don't know how it was when you were growing up in church and the way you viewed the Word of God, thinking it's just going to squelch all the things you want to do and your happiness. That's not what it's about. Following the Word of God can actually make you happy. It can give you joy. You ever thought about that? Obeying the Word of God can lead to a blessed life of happiness and joy in the Lord. And this can happen when we turn away from our old way of living and start living according to the Word of God. You will find there will be much more joy in following the ways of the Lord. A couple weeks ago, I was driving with my daughter, 15-year-old daughter, Jordan, and I was recounting about 22 years of ministry testimonies of changed lives that I had seen in the church and the joy that followed those changed lives. And the story she liked the best is one I told of a story that happened back in Santa Monica, where I, Santa Monica, California, a, a guy who was living in a homosexual relationship where they obviously owned property together, owned business together, even owned the dog together, gets converted, repents, pulls out of that relationship, and he left it all behind. And what followed was joy, blessedness, and walking in the commands of God. And that life change is something that we all can experience in Jesus where we turn away from our old lives, faith in Christ, and obeying the word can actually lead to joy. You've seen it. You felt it. Look at verse 2. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies who seek him with all their heart. The psalmist continues to emphasize the blessedness of those who observe the testimonies and seek the Lord with all their heart. These are people who are not seeking a book full of laws or instructions of how to conduct their lives, but they are seeking God with all their hearts. One of the questions that always pierces to my heart, and maybe it pierces to your heart, and it's the question we should probably ask on a regular basis 
is are you seeking God with your whole heart? Not seeking stuff, not seeking yourself, not seeking security, not seeking comfortable surroundings, but seeking God with your whole heart. The Bible says that kind of life is a blessed life. How blessed are those who observe His testimonies who seek Him with all their heart. He continues in verse 3. Verse 3 says, They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in His ways. When we're talking about seeking God, we're talking about seeking a life of holiness. It says they do no unrighteousness. They walk in His ways. They seek to live a holy life. Often you will talk to people about being Christians in our culture. And yet they are not walking after the ways of Jesus. They separate the idea of belief with an obedient life. This is clearly seen if you ever watch reality TV, which you should not probably watch reality TV. But for those of you who like to watch reality TV shows, occasionally someone will show up and proclaim to be a Christian. And you wonder, is that legit? Are you a true Christian? You see, the person that often claims to be a Christian on these reality shows forgets that the camera is always on. And as the camera follows them around from day to day, it is clear by their words and their actions that they are not followers of Jesus. Something we should think of in our own life as we are walking with the Lord. The camera is always on. God's eyes are always upon us. And not in the sense of God's going to get you, but in a sense of, I want to please the Lord, not only in public in front of you right now, but also in private. We want to walk with the Lord and seek Him with our whole hearts. Verse 4, you have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. When it refers to precepts, it's talking about the Word of God. It says the Word of God is to be kept diligently. Make sure you understand that obeying the Word of God will not happen automatically. You will not, out of the blue, all of a sudden wake up and decide that you are going to obey the Word of God just by default. Because the default setting of your heart is not obedience. The default setting of your heart is to stray, is to go life on your own. So in order to keep God's precepts, you have to set out to obey them diligently. We have to exert, by the power of the Holy Spirit, extreme force to obey the Word of God. And what is true spiritually, obviously, is true in sports. You have to be disciplined and work at it if you're going to be any good. You think about pro golfers who play Often, if not every single day, and they stay on top of their games. They are diligent. But then there are those who, like me, who play maybe once a year. If that. When my dad used to live in Hot Springs, I would come and visit him. And once a year, we would play golf at one of the dumpiest golf courses I've ever seen in Hot Springs. I don't know how to get there now. I was younger. I don't even know if it's open anymore. There was nine holes, and it was just dumpy. But it didn't matter to us because we played very dumpy. <laughs> and each year, I would be shanking balls, losing balls, and I would get so angry, and I would ask the question, why am I so bad? It's not a mystery. 
I didn't practice at all. It makes sense I'm going to be bad. Same with the Word of God. We have to be disciplined, diligent. Wake up each day and say, God, give me the power to be intentional to obey your commands. It's just not going to happen. Just because you came to church today doesn't mean this afternoon that you're going to obey the Word of God. You have to be disciplined and diligent and attuned to what God's Spirit is doing through His Word. Verse 5. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. You see, he's pointed out how blessed the people are if they walk with the Lord, all right? And you would think that the psalmist would easily include himself in that group. He doesn't. Look again. He says, oh, as in, oh, no. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. The psalmist recognizes the gap. There's this gap where he wants to be and he sees where he's at. Now, I know as we're believers in Christ, there is no gap. We're reconciled to the Father. But there's this thing called progressive sanctification. We see we want to be more and more like Jesus, but there is this gap where we're at. And and we don't like that. The Apostle Paul said something so similar in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 7, I'll put this up for you. Romans 7, 22-20, listen to this. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. Does that sound like the psalmist, right? But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am. It seems throughout history, those who walk with God see this gap of where they want to be and where they're at. And they're not content. They want to continue to walk with him closer and closer. It, it's, they want to keep growing. Do not assume that if you've been a Christian for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, now you're retired and living here, that it's time to stop growing. You can keep on growing. Some people think it's ridiculous that I'm trying to get retired people to memorize the Word of God. Are you done growing? No, you can still grow. You can still hide God's word. I, I, I can almost like a, make a money back guarantee right now. You start memorizing the word, you will grow. Watch, you will. Verse six. Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments. Oh, that's good. He says, I have this heart. I want to obey. He wants... To look in the Word. He doesn't, he's sick and tired of just going to the Word and then walking away ashamed. Don't you hate when that happens? You get in the Word and you feel convicted. You're like, oh, why was I being so foolish and ashamed? Why was I thinking? What was I desiring? What was I doing? The Apostle Paul, similar things. Let's add some gospel weight to this. Romans 7, Romans 7, 24 and 25. This is what he says. Paul says, who will deliver me from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's great. We find this forgiveness in the one who was never ashamed. Jesus is the one who kept the law perfectly and offers forgiveness in his life, death, and resurrection. And in him, we can never be put to shame. In him, we can grow and grow and grow. Verse 7. 
I shall give thanks to you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. It is interesting that the psalmist connects worship with learning the word of God. He says, I shall give thanks. In the, or the, another translation says, I will praise you when I learn your righteous judgments. He doesn't pout that he isn't walking with the, the Lord like he wants to, but he worships, get this, he worships as he studies. You've heard of Snow White and the, the Seven Dwarfs, and the, they sing, Whistle While You Work. Well, we can say, Worship While You Learn. We worship while we learn the Word of God. That means we start to study it, and as we start to study it, we start to see things that are amazing, and we're like, praise you, God. Thank you, God. I can't believe how good you are. You'll notice as you study it, you start to worship, and as you start to study and worship, you'll want to share it with others so that they can worship as well. Every so often, about every other day, I like to text my kids uh, verses from the Bible that have encouraged me. And my purpose of texting them verses from the Bible is that I want them to be encouraged and worship as well. And this is what we want to do in the body of Christ when we get together, stay together, and then worship together. Well, the psalmist doesn't end with just studying, but he moves on to obedience. And then we have verse 8. Here's what he says. I shall keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. He commits to keeping the statute of the Lord. I will keep your statutes. Then he begs God, do not utterly forsake me. I don't think the psalmist is talking about a loss of salvation or a loss of covenant relationship or being abandoned in his troubles. But I think what he is saying is something similar to what James Boyce said. I'm going to show you this quote. I think this is what he's saying. I think the psalmist is saying, I want to obey your statutes. In fact, I will keep your statutes. But I can't do it without you doing it. I need your power. You have to do it. Don't utterly forsake me in this pursuit. And I just want to encourage you, if you're here this morning and you really want to walk with God and you really want to grow, that's the intentions of your heart, God will not forsake you in that pursuit. He will empower you to walk and follow after Him. God wants you to follow after Him and obey His Word, and He'll give you the power of the Holy Spirit to do so. God is never working against you. Satan may be working against you. You may be working against yourself, but God is always available to empower you to follow after Him. And as I just think about this psalm, and I think, Ah, that's where I want to be. I want to know God's Word. I want to obey Him. I want to live in this, this joy and this happiness. I want this for me, and I want this for you. And I'm, and I'm thinking what may be wise for us to do in early December is to kind of get a running start to the new year and go ahead and make New Year's resolutions like right now. Like not wait for the new year, but start doing them now. And I want us to lead to a time of recommitment where we recommit ourselves to the Word of God and obeying the Word of God. But once again, you will not commit yourself to the Word of God unless you value the Word of God. And if you value other things greater than the Word of God, then you will not see any motivation or desire 
to hide it in your heart. So I'm gonna, I'm, I want everybody to listen here. I'm going to put right, I'm going to just prick right on your heart right now and think about, do you value things over the Word of God? And I want to show you how valuable those things actually are. I'm going to show you a picture. Can we show this picture? Do we have it? Do we have it, this picture? Okay. <laughs> now, maybe some of you know this story. Most of you probably don't know this story. This is a, a banana duct taped to a wall. And don't, don't answer out loud. Uh, for those of you who know, it's, it's a piece of art. And this past week, this piece of art sold for $120,000. <laughs> that's no joke. I would have sold it for half the price, but that's crazy. <laughs> and as ridiculous as it may sound, if we value anything greater than the Word, it's just a banana duct tape to a wall. And a little up, update on this story. I just learned last night that yesterday at an art museum in Florida, a guy walked up to the wall, took the banana down, and ate it. <laughs> I'm not joking. I can't make this stuff up. Let that sit in your mind and your heart. If you're valuing things greater than the Word of God, banana, duct tape to a wall, you can eat it. We want to value the Word. So if you're valuing the Word, let's, let's all make these recommitments right now here at the end as we make a running start to the new year. Here's recommitment number one. Let's commit, recommit to spending every day in the Word of God in prayer. Every day. I, I wrote that book, Hidden Within. It's a devotional. Even if you never want to memorize the Word, it is a 40-day devotional. 40 days, no excuse. I mean, people say if you do something for 30 days, you'll keep on doing it. Well, let's do it for 40 days. Get in the Word. It's available out there. Get in the Word. Short, devotional, every day to get you into the Word. Let's recommit ourselves to the Word of God in prayer. The second thing is recommit to talk about God's Word with others. Recommit to talk about God's Word with others. I want to encourage you to... to be a part of a small group. We have so many of them. Join a Sunday school class. Get in there and hear the word and start discussing it with others and being encouraged. And lastly, number three, recommit to going to church every Sunday. Because in here, we get to hear the word. We get to sing the word. We get to read the word. We want it permeating through our hearts. And we want to commit on our own daily getting in it and praying and hearing from God, discussing it with others and committing to coming to church so that we can hear and worship him together. And let's, let's take these three commitments and if, they want it, if you want them to be yours, let's take them to the Lord right now and make them your prayer. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I just ask that you would hear the hearts of your people that right now, where they're at, let's just, let's just all be honest. If we're not valuing the word like we should, just take some time to confess that to the Lord. Lord, just forgive us for thinking that the, the stuff and the trips are going to be so much more valuable than your word. And yet your word will last forever. Show us the value of knowing your word and committing to it and to memorizing it and hiding in our heart to obey you. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now who 
have a relationship with you, but they're cut off from the fellowship. They maybe been hurt by others in the past, and they don't want to be around others. Lord, just show them that they need others to grow. They need others to be encouraged. May they commit right now to being a part of a small group, going to a Sunday school, gathering with others in a Bible study. And Lord, we just ask that you would forgive us for slacking off, for doing things rather than assembling with your body on Sunday morning, doing things that we know that are a waste of time rather than worship you. We just ask for forgiveness and help us to commit and recommit to being a part of the body on Sunday and gathering on the Lord's Day. And Lord, we know that we can go through all the external motions, but what's going on in our heart, you see our heart, the cameras are always on, Help us to be honest with you and not play games. We thank you for your redemption in Jesus. We thank you for the prior relationship. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And help us and enable us to bring you glory in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.